It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure, as it always is, to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about what we're talking about today or anything else in e-commerce in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you'll find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. So if you're a regular listener, you will know that I have a fascination with the world of subscription e-commerce. And that is what we're going to be diving deeply into today. Joining me is Stefan Pretty, a Scottish-born, US-based entrepreneur who's launched and run a number of different businesses. Now, since 2014, his focus has been on building Subly. It's an e-commerce management platform for subscription businesses. And I will also tell you that we have just nearly run out of time to record this podcast because we've been talking e-commerce for so long. But we thought we ought to try and put some of that on tape for all of you. So um, hello, Stefan. Hey Chloe, thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you here, and um, and it's great to finally be recording as well. I know, I know, I know. I, I was laughing there because uh, it's so true. We've just been matter <laughs> about business and the paths and stories and who's doing right and who's doing wrong. <laughs> let's just let's just hope what we managed to catch on tape is as good as what we've just been talking about. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be so. I've just given, given the listeners like a super quick overview of you and what you're up to. But how did you end up? starting uh, an e-commerce management platform for subscriptions so yeah it was um it's been a really interesting journey but basically i used to run a digital marketing agency uh when i was living in edinburgh which is kind of near where i'm from and um i was you know we were doing really well up for high growth company of the year etc and um i had a client meeting and they came in and they wanted to start a subscription box for uh, like a juice cleanse kind of uh, subscription box, which was really popular at the time. And we were looking for a solution that would be affordable because our budget wasn't the biggest budget in the world and there was nothing on the market. So, you know, we had lots of e-commerce clients already. Uh, my experience is working with e-commerce and retail and uh, when I was younger as well, before I started my own agency. And so I, I was really excited and fascinated by it. I was a customer of Gray's um, back in the day. And, uh, you know, I realized it was an opportunity. And that's kind of like when the light bulb, light bulb moment happened. And I got really excited and just super passionate and just plowed every waking minute into Subly. So, yeah, that's how we got to where we are just now. Cool. So a big old passion project. Yeah, basically. Um, no, normally they always say scratch your own itch. And it kind of was in a way that, you know, for the, the, it was for a client and we are, my job at the time was to give solutions, technical design and marketing to other people who had no idea about the internet. Now I've always been obsessed with computers and marketing and, uh, you know, programming, etc. So it was not really far away from where I already was. And yeah, it became an absolute passion project because I'll tell you the subscription is complicated. And, um, and I'm, you know, I guess maybe I'm a bit of a, masochist or something because I like difficult things. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know what you mean. I think a lot of people think subscription is the easy option mm. in, in e-commerce and it's because people think, oh, you've got recurring revenue, it's going to be brilliant. But actually to yeah. convince a customer to sign up for recurring revenue is harder than to get a customer to buy once. Yeah, well, certainly just, yeah. that's what I find. Like, you, you have a lot more visibility of this than I do. 
No, 100% spot on because like, if you think about it, you've got to relate it back to yourself and, and often people don't do this. Um, you know, when you walk into a store and if somebody's like, hey, do you want to sign up for this for 12 months? You're going to be pretty hard to sell to as in you know, like all of us individually, unless you really want that thing or you've already kind of convicted um, you know, committed yourself to this thing. Like, you know, if you're signing up for a mobile plan, right. And, uh, they're telling, you know, it back in the day, it used to be 12 month contracts. Then they increased it to 24 months. I know that it was really painful for me to sign that 24 month contract because people don't like commitment. People mm-hmm. like choice and flexibility. So yeah, subscription is n- n- notorious for, uh, being very attractive as a business model, but also being extremely difficult to implement or not implement. Actually, yeah, it is difficult to implement, but, um, to, uh, you know, actually convert those customers and, and to keep them. So, but that's not to say it's impossible. We've, I've seen a lot of really interesting strategies and a lot of successful stories as well. It's just, it's harder than people assume it's going to be, basically. Okay, I'm going to hope we're going to get into some of those really interesting stories later. But before we do, I'm going to try and pull one of them out of you now. Is there mm-hmm. one properly crazy marketing method to sell a subscription business that you, <laughs> you think no one will have heard of? Um, yeah, the crazy I mean, one? I, I'd say at the moment that, um, Facebook is actually number one in terms of just like general marketing, but a good strategy could be using bots, for example, and trying to make it a bit more personal. And, uh, you know, a lot of you, a lot of customers who are sitting on Facebook right now, you can, you know, the targeting capabilities are unbelievable. Um, if you're able to strike up a conversation with them and you can try and automate it, that can be a good strategy. Um, crazy strategies um that i'm trying not to give away too much information because (laughs) i I don't want to incriminate or not incriminate but like you know give away our client strategies because i know that there's a lot of competitors out there but yeah i I think um well let let me ask you a couple of questions about that bot thing for a second mm -hmm. um rather than try and get you to give away your client secrets because that's definitely not (laughs) what we're here to do today um i'd quite like all your clients to be really happy that you've been on the show (laughs) not going what did you do? Um, <laughs> so you're saying chatbots on Facebook. Are we talking about putting ads out via Messenger to the right targets to get them to come no, back to do no, a couple uh, of? Actually, I've noticed that recently. Um, they've been really innovating on their ads through the, through the Messenger platform. So talking about that, I would love to see some experiments and tests on that. Um, no, Me I meant more to do with the fact that like a. Uh, there usually is a more of a manual implementation of this where, uh, you know, if you run, run a campaign or an offer and then you strike up a conversation, it can be done actually manually, you know, com- conversing with the customer directly on Facebook through your page. Um, or you could have like a kind of loose bot that answers like general questions and then kind of gives them the link at the end or something like that. Um, but usually you would do it through an ad or something like that and then have the, co- the, com- the customer engage with the, the ad um, you know, with a, a decent offer to kind of compel them. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, though, like, I think it's a short-lived strategy, personally. I think that the uh, bots are being abused, just like any hot, you know, mm-hmm. marketing strategy that's different. It works temporarily, and then suddenly it'll fizzle out. It's not quite like SEO or any of these other strategies, which are really long-term and ingrained and embedded into the internet. So um, I would just say as a, you know, a piece of advice, I guess, is, a test you know it might not work for you even if it works for somebody else and it might not work forever so always be testing and trying to find uh, repeatable um scalable marketing strategies and it's going to evolve really quickly because it is evolving very quickly right now so even though we're having this conversation about bots right now bots could be 
gone in six months, you know, yeah. if somebody's listening to this. So I think I it, that- it feels to me like bots are a little bit like the Wild West at mm-hmm. the moment. And mm-hmm. there's people kind of getting a bit overexcited by them. And totally, 100%. What, what it's going to drill down to is actually they're quite good at dealing with the basic questions where people uh, yeah, exactly. haven't been bothered to look at your FAQ. But, exactly. Yeah. But you need a human overseeing currently i'm sure artificial intelligence will take us to the point where you no longer need a human but um i think that's probably the price bracket of most of us at the moment we can go down that path but let's not (laughs) no no let's not get into ai um so let's get let's get into subscription um Mm -hmm. what makes a good subscription business Honestly, it always comes down to the same principles that make any business a good business, and that is high-quality product, which adds value, and excellent customer service. I mean, that that's never going to change for any business, but I think I think the customer service element becomes even more important with regards to subscription business because that's what can differentiate you from another subscription service or from just a regular business because you've kind of got that constant contact point with the customer. I mean, the whole goal is obviously to have a strong lifetime value of the customer and have them on for as long as possible so you're kind of essentially having a you know a relationship so excellent customer support is is one thing and then the other is obviously having a high quality product which adds value you want to feel like when you're actually subscribing to a product that you're getting your money's worth and then some mm-hmm. uh, and that's a challenge because um you know depending on your type of s- subscription model um the you know the the margins can be quite tight so so is there one model that's better than the other? And I, by models, I'm meaning like the uh, this discovery box where you get lots mm. of different samples or the, um, uh, she says, with total brain freeze going on with the other, like the a, other subscription like General continuity, like a yeah, considerable like on-repeat model. Yeah, yeah I, I think the discovery model is the fun one and that's the one that people kind of want and it's great for gifting. But You mean people I, want, as in terms of business owners, want to do the discovery because it's exciting? Yeah, it's exciting. And for customers as well, I think like, oh, you know, if you're going to give it, subscriptions are really popular gifts. Like you should see the spike in Christmas. It's insane. But I think they make excellent gifts and the discovery box model makes, you know, the best gift. But I think that it's it's a very difficult business uh, model to uh, implement in terms of you constantly having to curate products and find good quality products. Now that can be challenging. Um, you know, because you've got to do that on a regular basis and, and you're tied to it. But if you're looking for something that's scalable in the sense that it's mostly automated, then obviously the other business model is easier. I wouldn't say that one's necessarily better than the other. I'd say that one definitely has different challenges to the other. Um, obviously, on on both margins are of a concern. The um, continuity consumable model is probably easier to negotiate um, better uh prices on the products etc so you can get better margins but it's going to be maybe harder to get customers so it also depends on obviously the niche and the product but um i personally prefer the discovery box model that's just my personal preference though it strikes me that with the discovery box sourcing of the products you're kind of you have an uphill struggle of trying to find suppliers who will supply you with small quantities when you're starting out and then then you reach almost the tipping point where you can't find anyone who can supply you with enough quantity once you're mm. once you reach a certain size. So it's it strikes me that there's challenges when you're small as well as challenges when you're big. Although you know if you look you look at Birchbox and actually maybe the big challenge isn't that big a problem. Yeah, I think um, 
Yeah, you're right. hundred percent. There's always going to be challenges and they're just going to keep changing as you evolve. And I, I, to be honest with you, the way I like to look at it is as you scale and grow as a business, your challenges are going to, your, your problems are going to change. Your, your worries and stresses are going to change. And, but you should try and embrace that and enjoy it because it's like, those are those worries New and concerns problems. are slightly like, yeah, good problems, good problems to have. Like, Oh, how am I going to achieve yeah. that problem? Well, you know, worry about it when you get to it. <laughs> Let's get the basics down first. But yeah, no, I think it's 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 just constantly going to be different challenges. And, you know, meeting with and talking to uh, subscription box owners, uh, big and small, the challenges are similar as well at the same time. Like there are still consistent things, you know, like they're constantly wanting to keep their, uh, you know, their margins healthy and, uh, you know, shipping prices, et cetera, um, keeping those down and innovating uh, in those regards. So with all those conversations you have with people who are kind of approaching your platform or they're already on your platform, What's the what's the thing which you find subscription startups or entrants to the space haven't realised that they really should have known about? What's the what's the big unknown unknown? I think we kind of touched upon it at the beginning of this conversation actually about the fact that it, it it's an attractive model because it sounds easy, like oh yeah, I'll get a customer and I'll just keep them for longer, but actually churn is a real challenge that they're going to face uh, and and learning how to get the customer to stay for for a long period of time. So that's that's one element. And then the other is that, you know, the margins can be challenging because shipping costs are still, you know, they've just gone up recently here. And, uh, you know, margins are difficult because when you're getting somebody to commit to a subscription, you, you're obviously, you've got to give them some added value mm-hmm. to get them to actually commit in the first place. So those are two challenges. Uh, I know you asked for one. <laughs> oh, no, two's fine. And um, I just want to make sure everyone understands churn is to do with yeah. how long someone stays on your program that's right yeah so it's basically the percentage of people who cancel in a period of 30 days basically um there's a specific calculation and there's multiple different ways of calculating it but it's basically the the, the it's retention and is there kind of like an just i think i would say is there kind of an average churn rate people should be aiming for but i think it might be a bit hard to it's not yeah, the it's, easiest it's, one to grasp. Or is there yeah, is there one that you can just give us though? Yeah, I mean, I would say that if your your, your churn is, uh, you know, you want to keep it as low as possible. So 5% would be like your healthy business. Um, I would say that we even see people with churn up to 20 to 30%, which is kind of in a real red zone. Um, it's not that sustainable. And I think people spend too much time focusing on growth rather than, you know, acquiring new customers instead of actually trying to like get their, their churn down. Because the thing is, once you've got your churn down, then you know you can scale the growth much easier and in a much more healthy manner. But yeah, I'd say um, it can be anywhere, really anywhere from 5 to 30%. So um, I would say if you're in 10% range, you're doing good. So I guess the if you're busy trying to find the, the right marketing methods to bring the traffic in, not only should you be looking at the conversion rate and the cost per conversion, you should be looking at how long people via that marketing method stick around. Yeah, you could segment, you could uh, do cohorts analysis and actually find out and understand um, with enough data, obviously, that you know this channel works better. Um, they, these guys are you know staying on for longer and then you could focus and double down on that channel the only con- the only thing is that um 
often like you know new start new entrepreneurs and new start businesses don't really have the data to be able to analyze like that because they're small and i um, suppose as well you've got to wait i mean you know if you're talking what a five percent churn rate means the average person's sticking with your business for at least somewhere in more than six months sorry my maths isn't that good everybody so it's going to (laughs) be 12 months before you actually know how long someone from any marketing channel sticks around yeah, I've heard rumors that there's certain businesses out there um, that they don't even know their churn rate because the, their customers are staying for so long, which is incredible. Um, awesome. That's amazing. I know. Um, but yeah, that you're right. There's there's an element of time as well to collect data to get that kind of the the answer to the question. But then also there's this, the 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 number of people to get the statistical significance to be able to make you know an, an analysis on it to be able to confirm like yeah that's the reason or the cause or etc. Now, for those listeners who know what statistical significance is, we are not diving into it now. For those of you who don't know what statistical (laughs) significance is, you don't want me to dive into it now. Google it. Um, And if you're very lucky, I'll put a link on the show notes because that's a rabbit warren we are not going into um, today on the podcast. Okay. So if retention is really important within all of this, does that mean... Mm. You know, I've I've had people on the show who have who do retention through the content they put out there. They improve retention through the community that they build around the product. Is it that you have to do something about retention, or can the product just being awesome be enough? I mean, well, look, I think if your product is awesome, then it kind of usually sells itself. You know, if you've got a decent marketing campaign and you're, you're doing a good job at it, then it's going to start to sell itself. But yeah, absolutely. There's definitely things that you can do to reduce retention. And I, I did a lesson on it recently, actually. And one of the things is that, you know, is communicating with the customer and learning from that's like number one, have a conversation with them, find out why they're canceling when they cancel. That's the most valuable time actually is when somebody's canceling because you can learn why they're canceling and mitigate it, you know, next time improve upon it, iterate, um, you know, do the next version of what your product is or your service, uh, learn, you know, absolutely. That's number one for reducing, um, churn and increasing retention. Uh, you know, other things you could do is have like a cancellation flow to make it automated to try and collect data. There's, there's a, there's a plethora of things that you can do. All of them are interesting and we could talk about them for a long time, but yeah, there's, there's things you can do. Absolutely. And a lot of people also don't realize that the, 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 the front end of the funnel, um, also can have an impact on the retention. Because if you're, for example, doing a deal of the day website and you're like, Oh yeah, look at all these customers coming in. They're fantastic. Um, you know, we've got all these signups because uh, of the offer that you're giving. Those, the, the psychology and persona of those customers might not match who your actual actual customer persona should be, or that you, you're wanting to actually get as a customer. And they're likely to just cancel and take the the deal that they just got after the first month. So you're actually ending up losing money on that, for example. And the churn of those customers is extremely extremely high. So yeah, it's it, it's an interesting topic. <laughs> yeah, there's there's it's interesting that a couple of uh, the UK big subscription companies, their offers for new customers aren't first box half price. They're like third box half price or fifth box free. So mm. they they want to get you into the habit of having their product. And I would yeah. I would hope that they've done the analysis and realised that the third box is a point where a lot of people cancel. So we'll give them that one free to get them yeah, further into absolutely. the habit. It's like build, building a kind of the loyalty element into it by building the habit, kind of making the product sticky, so to speak. Um, 
yeah, those are really great strategies, like, you know, randomly rewarding and being like, okay, after the third or fourth month or yeah, if you're diving into your own data, that's where you're going to get your answers really, you know, like maybe the third month or the fourth month or whatever, and maybe the seventh month as well. And you can do things like, here's a random offer just to say thanks, like, hey, you're 50% off. We weren't, you know, it's just a surprise or a gift for you. Those can be effective. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we've got some people out here li- uh, listening right now who would like to start a subscription business. What would be your top piece of advice for them? They're, they're doing nothing in e-commerce at the moment. They've got this great idea and they want to get going. What, what do they really need to consider? So first of all is pick up the book, The Lean Startup. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, careful. And, get, <laughs> and get, some, uh, get some wisdom there from that book. It's really great because um, you know I'm a big believer in bootstrapping, uh, Subley's bootstrap business. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that it's, you know, you need to have, you know, raise money and have investors, et cetera, et cetera. And all these things, I'm not saying they're not the right thing to do. I'm just saying that you don't need it. If you want to get started, I would just say, just get started, actually. Um, you know, take the first step, do some market research, um, do some, you know, get clued up, just get, get educated, maybe jump on a course or, um, you know, pick up a book specific about subscription boxes. Uh, but the first thing you want really want to do is figure out what you're wanting to sell and who you're wanting to sell it to. Um, and, you know, cause the website and the technology, there's so many solutions out there and people get really hung up on that and they spend a lot of time focused on that stage. Um, and I feel like it's procrastination, but um, yeah, that's actually know, the easy bit. In many yeah, that's ways. the easy bit. The hard part is actually selling. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> so, the product and the customer. The <laughs> yeah, the actual logistics and talking mm. to the customer and actually selling to them and getting them to sign up. Your goal is to validate as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. You, you know, you can perfect later. Um, and I know we spoke about this briefly. You know, being a perfectionist, it's difficult to let that go. Mm. Um, you want to, you know, um, uh, you know, Done is better than perfect. Um, you can always strive for perfection. You're never actually going to achieve it because if you're a perfectionist, then it's you're never it's really... It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there are quite a lot of people listening who already have the whole customer bit and the whole product bit and the whole ops bit already sorted because they're already mm-hmm. running an e-commerce business, just not a subscription one. Mm-hmm. Should they be considering subscription is there something that might happen in their business that if that's happening that it would subscription somewhere they should go yeah i think um e-com businesses in general um it obviously depends on the niche and the segment but it's always worth considering or even just running a test i think um i think if you're talking about like a certain point or a threshold if you look at your data and you see that your customers are repeat customers um but say for example they're repeating their purchase every you know, month and a half, two months. Can you get them to repeat that purchase on a month, uh, on a monthly basis instead of 1.2 or 3, 4 or 5, whatever uh, months? And then you might be able to actually increase the revenue and the lifetime value of the customer if you can actually implement a subscription, official, an official subscription model. So there, there's different ways of looking at it because often businesses do have repeat custom. Um, but I, I think um, those businesses actually are in a really sweet spot because if they do have a lot of repeat custom, then they can, you know, implement the subscription model to kind of just get the customer in and have even greater loyalty and increase that lifetime value. Um, I think most e-commerce businesses could consider a, a subscription model. I'm biased, obviously, but um, you know, I do think subscription business models are fascinating and they can be extremely rewarding. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not every, not every niche or, or uh, vertical is gonna it's it's not gonna be applicable to them. But um, I think you'll know. <laughs> you'll know. 
<laughs> okay, I think it's time we dive, we dive into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Stefan, first up, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I already man- mentioned it. Um, it's a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. Um, it's a fantastic book. Uh, I'm really bad for not finishing books, but I'll tell you this, that you can get the majority of the information that you need from that book, probably within about, a, I think about 50% to two thirds of the book. So mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent one to pick up. Like, yeah, talking about being a perfectionist, it's, <laughs> it's really important to pick up, pick up that book and read it. Go on. You, you did mention earlier that you can, of course, go for the funding. And I think a, a lot of people only see the funding option because of the prevalence of Shark Tank in the USA and Dragon's Den in the UK. Mm. So I think books like The Lean Startup are really important to open your eyes to a different option. Yeah, totally. And and also, even if you are raising money, it's still applicable because you want to validate your business model before you even try and talk to an investor. So I think it's necessary to you know understand these principles. Excellent recommendation. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, uh, I love uh, SEO. Um, I think that SEO is a long-term strategy. It's a lot of effort, but it pays off dividends and you're not constantly paying for traffic. You know, you're not anchored to paying to get people on your website. So that's that's my I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for it, but uh, it's, I'm very fond of SEO. It's got a place in my heart. <laughs> and for you, um, is the most important part of SEO, the technical stuff on your website, the content on your website and the keywords or the um, shouting about your website off your website, if that makes sense? <laughs> um, it used to be, I was very fascinated about the technical side of things mm-hmm. because maybe I thought, well, you know, that's the first starting point. It's the easy part. And back in the day, I think you could have more of an impact through the, through the technical, but Google and all these other search engines, their algorithms are getting much more intelligent as web technologies are getting more complicated and uh, more advanced. That These guys are having to get a little bit more lenient almost, I believe. And I, and- I think the general platforms have sped up as well and improved yeah. so the technical side on your website is just kind yeah. of a hygiene absolutely factor. yeah i mean these things usually have seo built in now as well and all the different necessary requirements to you know make sure you've ticked off all the, the key points but um yeah I, I think it's definitely high quality content which resonates with your audience and then also shouting off they're all important <laughs> they're all important. <laughs> they're all important. Okay. <laughs> they're all important. And it's just, it does take work and time and it takes patience. So you're, but, uh, you're clearly in love with it because you can't, yeah. you can't tell, say that one bit of it isn't, isn't up to speed. So, um, so yeah, it's all of it's necessary. It, it's a true love story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I've got more than one. Can I share more than one? You can share. As long as it's not like 10, then yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. For for our team, we use Basecamp, which is great. Um, it's not perfect, but it's great because um, it keeps us efficient. And then on a personal level, um, I love Cloud App. It's really great for just quickly taking a screenshot or like a, a you know, uh, a video of your screen and then and it will basically upload it in one step and copy the url to your clipboard and you just paste it all in one step just one keyboard shortcut done i love it it saves me so much time oh, so, nice. so, so for quick briefs of tweaks to the website to send to your team yeah 
And you can annotate. Yeah, that's right. So you'll take, you'll have the, the keyboard short, shortcut. Uh, it, it, you can do it anywhere when you're looking at a website or whatever. And then you can, it'll open up a window and you can like, draw arrows and put text and then click command S uh, and it'll save it and upload it and then copy the, the link to that image or video direct onto your clipboard. So you just paste it in the chat window or in your email. It's honestly saves so much, so much time. Nice. Um, and it's just called that, cloud app. Yes. Cloud app. Yeah. Um, I've been using that one for years now and that saved me on a personal level a lot of time and headaches. Yes, um, I can imagine. Okay. So those are two t- tools. One was for business or for teams and the other was for like personal, just like saving yourself a lot of pain. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. The growth top tip then. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000 orders per month, what would be your number one tip for them? Find, um, well, first of all, test, 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 test. And uh, be tenacious to find a repeatable, scalable marketing strategy. And that's, yeah. And you're only going to find that by testing. Once you find one that's got a good ROI and a good, you know, like cost for acquiring a customer, then you can scale that up if you're, if you know that. So test until you find a repeatable, scalable marketing strategy or strategies have more than one as well. Sounds so simple. Um, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Masterplan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Um, Stefan, before we say goodbye, can you let listeners know a little bit more about Subly and where they can find you on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. So, yeah, basically... Subly is an all-in-one e-commerce platform for subscription businesses. Um, and we're doing really cool things. Actually, the other day, we just launched a new bunch of features, which are resonating really well. Um, and if you want to find us, we have a 14-day free trial, um, no obligation. And uh, you can find us at www.subly.co.co. Um, and yeah, um, I'm on Twitter if anybody's got any questions as well. It's just my full name, at Stefan Pretty. Marvellous. Okay, guys, we're going to add links to that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab, or use the search box. Um, Stefan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for being so generous sharing your experience with us. It has been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed diving into the world of subscription with such an expert there. I know we kind of glossed over a few topics. If you've got more questions, please do put them in the Facebook group and I'll make sure Stefan gets back to all of you on that. And if you'd like more of this type of content, then again, let me know. I guess my takeaways from this would be subscription isn't that different from normal e-commerce in that you've got to listen to the customer. You know, pretty much the whole way through, Stefan was saying, you've got to listen to the customer, listen to your stats, listen to what the, why they're unsubscribing and use that. Listen to why they're cancelling. Listen to why they're signing up in the first place. And really, if you can get that link between your customer and your product right, then you are going to be able to build a subscription business that works. Plus lots of nice little tips in there about how to focus on the retention and the all-important churn rate as well. Well, guys, I hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, as I said, you join the discussion about this in our Facebook group, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. We'll take you there or search on Facebook for ecommerce masterplan world. And if you would like more dives into different aspects of the world of e-commerce, then please do head over to my virtual summit. 
Registration is still free. There are about 30 odd videos in there ready for you to watch right now to improve your business. You can find that at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.